It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. Hey, Brandon Graham has a new contract. There's a bunch of running backs that the Eagles talk to, and and we get our first prospect interview uh, as uh, we're excited to welcome in Stanford guard Brandon Funica, uh, who will join us in a little bit. But joining us right now, live from Indianapolis, who's clearly not um, bogged down by any of the partying. He's endured, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a lot, and he's still with us. It's Elliot Shore Parks. What's going on, buddy? I'm very excited for my flight tonight at six o'clock to come back to Philly. Six <laughs> o'clock, say huh? that. Not it's even been a very gonna, good time, but my body is not happy with me right now. Not even going to hang out in the hotel uh, and just watch all the uh, all the workouts on TV, huh? No, well, yeah, and you're not even allowed to watch them in person, which is ridiculous. You come yeah. all the way here and you have to watch them on TV. But yeah, I mean the running <laughs> the running backs run today. Today being Friday, and then uh, the receivers I think are tomorrow. So obviously those are the most exciting ones, even though. I guess after signing Brandon Graham, maybe the defensive line isn't as important as we once thought. Yeah, in this historic, you know, draft class with uh, the defensive line, things like that. What do you make of the deal? It's, um, you know, twelve. What, what was it exactly? It was thirteen million three, a year. Three years, yeah, three years, forty million, twenty-seven, basically guaranteed in the first two years, and so yeah, it's around thirteen million dollars a year. I like that. You know, I mean, I think that's about. You had said that they need him there. That's a that's kind of what the market is going to be for a lot of these pass rushers, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of re-signings here too. And just for me, I mean, it, from what he's endured, it makes Brandon Graham an eagle for life, more or less. Um, maybe he plays a, a weird off year somewhere that we don't like at the, the twilight of his career, but I think they had to do this. Um, they obviously didn't want Brandon Graham to hit free agency and kind of test that up. Uh, there was a little urgency that was going on there, and – now it's back, and now you don't have to worry as much about you know some of the other moves that you're probably going to have to make in this offseason. And they actually, this was, they did right by a player, not the whole, you know, people got mad at me today, Elliot. I don't know, as I said, I was like, they didn't really do right by. I don't right know what by, that's like. <laughs> I said, they really didn't do right by Foles. They were just doing business. This is doing right by your player. Uh, and I think it's, uh, it's a great signing. There is uh, some, I, I would say, 
not the majority, but there are some that say that's too much money and, you know, Michael Bennett outperformed him, but uh, I don't see it that way. How do you see the signing? Yeah, I do think Michael Bennett outperformed him. I think it's a number that is basically, honestly, right down the middle. I think both both sides can walk away from this feeling pretty confident. I mean, they definitely paid Brandon Graham. I mean, I think he's going to be like fifth overall in cap hit and something like tenth overall in average value. So he is uh, he's obviously going to be one of the top played uh, defensive ends in the NFL. But here's the deal: Michael Bennett's not a free agent. Brandon Graham is, and the Eagles had to pay to bring him back. And you know, you say he didn't hit free agency, which is technically true, but the fact that this happened towards the end of the combine is not a surprise. His agent's been here. He, you know, he gets to talk to teams. See, well, I should say he gets to. It's not legal, but it happens. And you know, he gets an idea of what the market's going to be for Brandon Graham. So he knew going in to this week that he would figure that out. And the fact that he did it right now shows two things. One, they think that this is probably the best deal they would get, maybe a little different. But two, Brandon wanted to be in Philly, and that's why all along, when a lot of people were saying there was no way Graham would be back, I, I said, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, he really, really wants to play in Philadelphia. I mean, it's funny after this whole, you know, uh, Bryce Harper thing, it's a big topic. Like, does he want to play in Philly? Like, I think sometimes that gets overblown and athletes will say they love the city, but like, they don't really, they just love getting paid by the Eagles. I can tell you like Brandon Graham loves playing for this franchise. And I think it's very important to him to finish his career having always played for the Eagles. So three years, I think he'll be, 32, 33, maybe something like that. There's a chance he could keep playing, but I would be surprised if he ever plays in, in, in another uniform. I think it means a lot to him. And it's perfect timing because they needed him. They really needed him back. So I think they paid to get him. Brandon probably took a little less money, but still got a very fair, fair value. So uh, unlike the Rodney McLeod deal, I think this is one we'll just simply agree on. Uh, well, good. I'm glad we don't have to argue <laughs> about anything. That's kind of nice and refreshing uh, for once. And I... Um, I, I kind of said, all right, well, I mean, the Jernigan stuff was already out there. That kind of would free a lot of things up if, if they are indeed going to walk uh, away from him. And then I, I just mentioned possibly, possibly this could mean Michael Bennett as well. And then people got really upset at that, too. It wasn't an opinion that I want Michael Bennett off the team. I'm just saying if the right opportunity comes by and you have a chance to upgrade somewhere else because that is a decent amount of money. And, yes, I know that Foles clears a bunch of that. And, yes, maybe Nelson Aguilar does that, too. But you're also going to need money for other positions as well. And that's heavily invested right now between draft picks and just money alone. I think there's somewhere around $25 million just for the defensive line, and Fletcher Cox kind of inflates that number a lot, too. I don't think that's a bad thing either. You know, I'm, 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 I would rather have Michael Bennett here. I just wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles had an opportunity to get an upgrade at another position and Michael Bennett's part of a trade or somebody really wants to overpay for a draft pick or whatever, possibility of him just released is, is unlikely, but... I thought it, there is a at least a possibility that Michael Bennett could not be here this this upcoming season. Yeah, it sounds like you're having a real fun day on Twitter over yeah, there. Yeah, it's man. great. I love your it. mentions are uh, having a good time. Yeah. But no, <laughs> I mean here's the thing with Michael Bennett, and really this is more of a, just a general NFL thing. It's not a Michael Bennett thing. When your contract has zero dead cap hit, if you're released or traded, and you make a significant amount of money, which Michael Bennett does, there's always a possibility you could be moved. The contract is set up so the Eagles can easily move on from Michael Bennett if they want to. Now, I don't think they'll willingly do that because he was probably, or maybe not even probably, definitely their best defensive end last year. Yeah. Still plays at a very high level. Um, you know, but I would agree with you. I don't think it's like 100% guarantee he's back. I don't think they'll release him. I will say that, unless he wants to, to move on. I mean, 
I, it seemed like he liked his time in Philadelphia, so I don't, I don't think he would want that. But, I mean, you, you need him back, too. And, look, like, even with him, even with Graham, you bring Chris Long back, presumably, like, that's a good defensive line, but it's also it's an older one that I would say you would have some questions, question marks about going in. Now, obviously not as much because you have Graham back, but, you know, and Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat and all that with a new defensive line coach. But, yeah, look, I mean, bringing back Graham is a huge step. If they would have lost Graham, there would have been a lot more questions, a lot of more moving pieces. And I think Graham does help it kind of like fit nicely together. But uh, yeah, the defense line is still going to be a very interesting position next year. Yeah, and Derek Barnett is, and that's the thing, like he's supposed to be the next guy, not just a contributor. And maybe that's kind of like why, you know, Michael Bennett would honestly end up staying. I mean, this is going to be third year now, and it's... He was drafted to be the, the guy, and there's a bunch of old dudes still in front of him. So um, yeah. we'll have to wait and see how the team kind of feels about him and Josh Sweat and a bunch of others. But having a lot of pass rushers out there is a good thing. Um, unless that thing does happen, I think we can close the book on Vinnie Curry coming back and things like that. Uh, in or, That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah this, probably, this probably does end the Curry thing, unless they move on, like you said, from Bennett. But. Uh, you know, if you, if you think you're moving from Bennett, just go tweet John at John Barger and uh, you know, tell, tell him why it's not going to happen. What a, what a fucking asshole. Uh, stay out of my mansion. <laughs> and uh, it is, you mentioned it is running back today as we're recording this. Um, and the Eagles have talked to, well, more than a few uh, down at the Combine, including Josh Jacobs, who is everybody's next coming. And um, he's rising up everybody's draft board. Uh, Devin Singletary, who I don't know much about from Florida Atlantic. Uh, Travion Williams from Texas A&M. I've looked at a little bit of tape of him. I really like uh, kind of how he is as a complimentary back, but I don't really see him as a, a full-time guy. The one, the biggest interesting name, obviously, uh, Bryce Love, who should have obviously sat out of that freaking bowl game, uh, <laughs> is, uh, you know, and, and you mentioned that you go to 94wip.com slash go birds for all of Elliott's uh, stuff from the combine and just anything Eagles related as well as the podcast and stuff there too. I am really curious about Bryce Love and where he ends up landing. And I know that when we talk about running backs as immediate need, Bryce Love is not going to fit that because you don't really know when he's going to see the field. And we've already gone through enough Sidney Jones debates, I think in our lifetime to be like, well, look what happened with Sidney Jones and did it. But I I would really like the Eagles to take advantage of that once again because Bryce Love, to me, was going to be the, the running back one coming out of this thing. Any year since from the combine of where he's going to be and kind of what his value is right now and where the Eagles kind of overall are are looking at uh, running backs and stuff like that. Yeah, well, they are they are talking to him here. I can't off the top of my head if he had a formal meeting or not. Sometimes he did, yeah. By, he your, did, okay. by your words, he did, yes, sir. There we go, well, there we go. I can't remember, <laughs> but I guess that's what's happening then. So he's having the formal meeting, uh, which is obviously, and here's one of my biggest pet peeves of the combine. People say, oh, well, they meet with everyone. The meetings don't matter. Not true. Not true. There's over 300 players here. They only get 60 formal meetings. So they pick and choose who they meet with. And look, they could be meeting with the guy because they have some serious red flags and they just wanted to, you know, confirm that, or they can be with guys that are generally interested. But when you use one of your 60 spots for a franchise run by Howie, that is so particular how they do everything. It's a clear sign of indication when they use that. So the fact that with Bryce Love is obviously a strong, they're very interested. And like you said, it would make sense. He's a guy that they could potentially get. Howie has never shown he wants to invest a, a top, you know, first or second round pick in a running back. It's Bryce Love, I think has a possibility to be there at the end of the second, maybe the top of the third. Uh, and, if you have two second-round picks or that one in the third, I think he, he could make a lot of sense there. Because 
when he does play and when he is healthy, he would be a, almost a perfect fit for this offense. Uh, Dexter Williams is also on that list from Notre Dame, and let me just say, blech. Uh, and then yeah. uh, Travis Homer uh, as well from Miami, who's very uh, another interesting name. You know, he's been a uh, starter down in Miami. Um, okay hands, but a, uh, a really, really strong route runner. Oh, as you noted in your little piece here, too, is uh, he's got a lot, a lot of different talents. So uh, I'm excited for it because running backs might actually matter, even if it's just for uh, the Eagles and this, uh, this current draft, and I'm fine with that, and we'll have to kind of keep uh, updated as we go along there. Elliot, anything else that we should know other than what uh, flavor of liquor is coming out of your mouth currently right now? Yeah. I didn't have any liquor this week. I'm proud of myself for that. You're the one spilling it all over yourself there. Over uh, yeah, I know that was break. man, that was fun. Like you got the new hairdo, man. I leave all of a sudden. You cut all your hair off. I, I did. I actually man. just so uh, everybody knows, I I had a run in with the Clippers. It's been ten years. It has been ten years since I've had an issue where I just like there's no way that I can. Uh, you know, make my hair look any better because I screwed it up real oh, so bad. This was an accident. This was an accident, and I go, "There's only one thing left to do, and let's take it all down." I took it down like a little bit, and it and it didn't look as good, and I just took down the whole thing. So I'm rocking the. I have be no liberating. Hair. It is. I have wake up in the morning. I guess go. Oh, this is great. I can just use the body wash everywhere, and I don't need shampoo. And wow, wow. I do have a lot of hair products for no reason right now. So. <laughs> a lot different than my routine, I'll tell you that yeah, much. With it's, the hair. it's exciting times. Well, Elliot, come back in one piece, and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we can uh, see what happens over the weekend. Very excited for, uh, for the workouts and for you to be home and sleeping like a baby boy. <laughs> Me too. All right, my man. All right, I'll we'll check in with you later. The always great Elliot Shore Parks, live from Indianapolis, and uh, we're going to switch gears and welcome in our first prospect of the offseason season. Um, and I'm excited because uh, this is our first time playing the Draft Gauntlet with him, which is a new game that we're going to introduce to everybody uh, that comes through these parts. And uh, Brandon Fanica, who is going to uh, be the first guinea pig of this, is joining us from uh, Stanford. Obviously, i got to say former Stanford guard, who uh, I've kept an eye on for a couple of weeks now. I've looked at his film. It's very interesting stuff. Not down at the Combine, but pressing towards an NFL future, and this guy's going to be in somebody's camp this summer. So, Brandon, we welcome you in. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, man? I appreciate you having me. Of course. We uh, we appreciate you coming on. And there's a lot of football stuff we actually want to get into uh, as well. But you have such a great story on just how you got to Stanford even before you know you got to hang out with David Shaw and Bryce Love and the rest of those guys that were there. Um, do you have kind of a... Do you do you love Dallas Lloyd in the, in your because I was looking at your your story in the, some Stanford publications and uh, honestly was was Stanford really even in the mix when you started playing football in high school? Yeah, so um, I had never really. I mean, I, I kind of never really thought I would become a Stanford. I mean, growing up in Utah, being a big Utah and, and BYU fan, I thought that you know maybe I'd stay local and and just uh, you know try to play for one of those teams, but. Um, you know, once Stanford came, it was just it was just hard to deny. And and Dallas was actually uh, my high school quarterback. So my sophomore year was his senior year. He was he was my quarterback, and um, I mean it was just so fun playing with him. He you know he switched to defense. So we got once we got here, um, or I guess once I had had shown up. Um, so it was kind of weird, you know, kind of seeing him on on the other side of the ball trying to hit him rather than protect him. Uh, but you know, he's the man. He's, he's my boy. And, I relocating with him, and and you know, just a really good dude. That's awesome, man. That's uh, definitely a 
Definitely a life changer. And what was it like when you found out that, hey, you're getting a full ride to Stanford? What was what was the reaction in the in the household? Uh, it was, you know, it was, it was almost surreal. I mean, I remember just kind of calling my mom, and um, you know, she'd pause once I told her. She just paused, and you know, I could just kind of hear her crying on the other side. But um, you know, it was, you know, it was, came to a camp, and um, you know, the first day didn't perform too well, but you know. The second and third day, I, I just, you know, I told myself I need to step up and ended up earning a scholarship. It was, it was you know, I, I felt, you know, joys of accomplishment and, and just, um, you know, just having the opportunity. That's fantastic. And do, do do my eyes deceive me or are you are you married? Are you a married man? <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm super married. <laughs> <laughs> super. What is what is super married? No, no I, just, uh, I, just, I just like saying super married. People <laughs> ask me, uh, I just say super married. It sounds funny. <laughs> and when because you normally i mean you know and, and just being even non-athletes out of college that's some somewhat uh usually pretty early so what made uh what made this your wife uh so special that you had to lock it up <laughs> well we you know we do we've done long distance for you know a long time we're, we're she's from idaho uh but she uh you know she moved to utah junior in high school and you know, she played the she played soccer at the University of Utah, and it's just um, you know we clicked, kind of having that understanding of you know what it's like being that student athlete. Um, you know, in high school we had a lot of the same friends, but at the end of the day, it was, it was kind of one of those things when it, I don't know when you know you know kind of thing, and, and you know I was you know lucky lucky that you know, she allowed me to put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, uh, that's uh, yeah, and that's fantastic advice. And people don't understand that enough, Brandon. They don't go like, "Hey, this is the one." This is, I think they overthink things and they they worry about things. I'm glad that you guys are. Are how, how long has it been now? What what year of marriage are you guys in? We're coming up, up on uh, two years, March 25th. Awesome! Congratulations to uh, you and your wife. And she, you said she was an athlete. What she, what does she play? She played soccer, so she she played. Uh, uh, center back for the University of Utah. All right, so you're going to create a lot of athletic babies in the near future, then. That's good for all of us, then, man. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's 2,035 draft classes already looking uh, looking pretty good. I guess that's still not enough time, but uh, uh, there's uh, there's that's a, I'm, I'm really glad that you're happy and, and moving on with uh, NFL career and in marriage. That's fantastic. Now let's get down to some of the football stuff because Stanford, you know, I'm an Iowa guy, so when I hear, you know, power football and Big Ten, you always get a little excited, except it's just at a different level, you know, in the Pac-12, and we all know that. You know, the Big Ten's far behind unless you're Ohio State and Michigan, and they always have that power running game. I think Stanford gets lost in that shuffle of just being physically dominant and, you know, bending people to their will and things like that. And I know I've heard you say in the past, and even David Shaw has mentioned, like, I don't care. You know what's coming. We're going to dominate you on a line. This is our football field. We're going to get it done. Has there been any time in your career that that just didn't go the way it happened? Like, you, I know you're a guy that it's that's one of your best attributes. You are so physical, and that is something that I think really does stick out in this interior uh, draft class here. But what if it doesn't go well? Like, what if you are in trying to pose your will and it just doesn't go your way? What's what's the mentality then? You know, at halftime or at the third quarter, when you got to really kind of change that around, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, you know, with with Coach Turley here in the off season, I mean, he does his best to just throw all these different things at us. Um, you know, just to kind of keep you on your toes because you have a plan. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. You know, like Muhammad Ali said, and 
you know, we want to come out every single week and, and, and do just that. But, you know, I remember, you know, there are a few games. I mean, you have teams like Washington State who have, you know, they just, they're moving their guys like crazy. They have, you know, Hercules Maltafa who, who can play three tech, he can play five tech, you know, he can get down the nose. And, and, you know, when they're fast and, you know, they just move around, sometimes it's hard to just, um, you know, kind of really get your hands on somebody and, you know, use strength to just impose your will. And I think the mindset then just turns, you know, you come to halftime and, and at that point it's just do whatever it takes to, to win, really, you know. It, what your plan isn't working right now, but, you know, whatever it takes to win, just do it. And, you know, that's that's one thing that, you know, Coach Turley tries to instill in, in his players during the offseason is, you know, when when things aren't going your way, you know, are you just going to worry and, and crumble? Or are you going to find a way to finish and to get it done? When you see that, you know, there's so many things happening this week and everybody's down in Indy and the Combine's going on, what, did, what are your first feelings and thoughts when you see all this happening? Is it is there a little anxiety in there? Is it like, what am I going to do to, to kind of stick out from this major pack or like, what's, what are you going through right now as the, uh, the draft class or excuse me, the draft is nearing us here in April. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, in the beginning of the process, um, you know, I, I obviously, you know, I'd love to be down there and, you know, compete and show what I can do. But, um, you know, it's, I, I think at this point, you know, I'm the type of person to where, um, you know, you got to roll with the punches and you got to take the cards in your hand and, um, you know, play the best that you possibly can. And, and, you know, over the, you know, the past few weeks, as I've just been, you know, able to make gains and, you know, running faster and getting stronger, jumping higher and things like that, you know, it's really, it's really brought, brought a lot of peace. Um, just knowing that I'm getting better every day. And, and, you know, that's the, those are the things, you know, the things that I can, that I can, you know, physically control, that were within my power to control. Those are the things that I've just been trying to focus on. And, you know, the, April 4th, you know, our pro day has been pushed back and which kind of gives us, you know, more time to, to make bigger strides. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I got teammates down there and at this point, you know, I'm, I'm cheering them on. I want them to do well. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, I've never really been the one um, to, you know, try to hoot and holler. I've just kind of been in the background, just working and working, working. And, and you know, it's nothing different now. So, when you make it to an NFL camp, what's the first thing that you think is going to go through your mind? What's the first question you're going to have once you get to there? Um, I would probably imagine, you know, why I'm so old. It will probably come up because um, I'm 25. I, I did serve, you know, an, an LDS mission for my church, which took me away for two years. But you know, I think that's you know one of the biggest things. Well, I think one of the first questions that will come up. Yeah, that's uh, and t- and tell us about that. What was so important about the mission to, you know, to be like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I know I'm gonna be a little older. It's gonna affect my career. What uh, was it? Uh, just a, a a very faith driven thing that like this is just something. This is a no brainer. I have to do this. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of just something I wanted to do ever since I was young. Um, you know, I think there's the the faith that I grew up in. It's very. Um, focused on on service, and you know I'm, you know outside of the football field, I'm you know actually a really nice guy. I, I'm kind to everyone. I like serving people. Well, we can't tell that you're a nice guy at all, by the way. Just <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what when people watch my film. You know, that's what I want them to see. Yeah, and it uh, it definitely shines through, man. That's awesome that you were able to kind of go and do that. So, all right, we've been uh, we've been prepping this thing all off season. 
So are you ready? Are you ready to play the gauntlet, Brandon? All right, I, I think I'm as, uh, about as ready as I, I can. <laughs> All right, here we go, and it's rapid fire. First thing that comes to your mind, and then we'll move on to the next one. So, okay, you've got you're gonna die in ten minutes. What do you do with those ten minutes? I think I'm, I think I'm gonna go skydiving without a parachute. Oh my God, that's a fantastic <laughs> answer. I didn't even think of that. Skydiving without a parachute. Yeah, why not? You're gonna. That's that's great. That's a, all right. We're off to a good start. What is the dumbest thing that you've ever done that actually turned out really well? Uh, the dumbest thing that, um, probably, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to pass. That one's tough. No, that's okay. We can, if you, if you think of something, you can always come back to it. Uh, what is something that still to this day amazes you? Um, the fact that my wife decided <laughs> good answer, good answer, good answer. All right, uh, you just found a thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars on the street. What do you do with it? Uh, put in my bank account. Oh, put put in put in your bank account. <laughs> put in my bank account. Absolutely, you do. Uh, last one. What do you hope never changes? Um, uh, my athletic skills. Man, I hope so too, man. Because uh, honestly, I think you're you're the the physical part of your game is. I don't want to say underrated or overlooked or anything like that, but uh, let me just say, Brandon's got a lot of power. He seems like he's very coachable, obviously. So um, we obviously hope you land in Philadelphia and that <laughs> Stoutland takes care of you. And then we got another uh, awesome uh, interior offensive lineman that we can all root for, but. Um, if that doesn't happen, we're uh, we're rooting for you the rest of the way, regardless of where you end up, Brandon. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate you, sir. Have a good day. Big thank you to TRI Sports Agency. Hector over there, thank you for hooking us up. And uh, just a, what a great kid Brandon is. Had a real good time talking with him. So, that being said, there's plenty more moves. There's Howie season that's coming right along here. We're excited to be with you. It's the Go Birds podcast number 59 right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. We'll see you guys.